welcome to Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Blah! <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 84. It's our world's finest episode because guess what? We have a special guest, Professor it's a, Longbox. It's Say me, hello. Strasburg. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like stomping all over you like, ooh, let me say hi. It's the other Josh who's also a professor. The fearless leader of the Red Pantheon filling in for Josh Hibbard who is out with a case of cooties, rabies. I want to be sensitive to his his uh, condition. It's leprosy. <laughs> Two Joshes, so. blah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something, something, my balls, my anus, blah. I can't even attempt to do the impressions. I couldn't even pull off a, a Sylvester Stallone impression, so I definitely can't do that. <laughs> it's it just something about your balls, your butthole. As a as count von count. How's everybody doing? Uh not too shabby. Yeah. Back to work, Mike. Good. What's that? Back to work. Yeah, unfortunately. And uh of course I was greeted with a whole mess of bullshit right when I got in. So it's like, yay, right back to the grind. So you just walk in and like the building's on fire. Uh, well, actually, the funny thing is uh, my uh, my very first encounter with another employee was uh, I was walking up the stairs to go to the punch clock. And uh, this woman's like walking down the stairs, holding her phone out, talking on speakerphone, which I I hate when people do. Um, but you know how when two people are on a set of stairs, you know, usually one person goes to the right, one person goes to the left. So there's yeah, room for two people. Yeah, I'm all the way to the right. And again, I'm a big guy. I, I take up some space. She's not moving to the left. She's walking down the center of the stairs. I'm as far over as I can go. And when she like bumps into me, she just goes, oh, excuse you and stomped past me. I almost a, threw my coffee cup at her, but then I was like, ah, I, I need a job. There's a special place in hell for people that say, excuse you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in that tone of voice, like, ugh, fucking entitled bitches. And then she started bitching on her phone, and I just kept walking. I was like, ah, this is my first day back to work. Yay! Is she, like, <laughs> twat of the month at the hospital? Oh, it, honestly, she's one of the many, like, new faces in the freaking revolving door that is trying to work in healthcare right now. Like, okay, so she'll do something horrible and get fired within a few weeks. I don't know that she'll get fired. She'll probably just leave because I think at this point, in order to get fired, you literally have to kill somebody. Uh, we're we're so short-staffed, and it's like unbelievably short-staffed. So, I bet you could kill a few. <laughs> I think it depends on how you kill the person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as they say, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, you just gotta make sure you can't make, make like a, a hospital truck. without accidentally killing a few people. <laughs> well, we needed to clear up a bed or two, so you know it makes sense. Yeah, little Timmy's got a sprained ankle. Oops, he fell down some stairs. Problem <laughs> solved. Yeah. 
so it's been fun, but uh, I, I already missed my vacation. <laughs> well, this oh, is on my vacation. mind. I wanted to bring this up. Um, Josh, you have a, uh, I know you're not a big video game guy, but you have like the concept of Resident Evil in your head, right? Yeah, I played the original game like years after it came out. I think I played it in 2006. I don't remember when it came out, so maybe years isn't the right term, but it seems like it. But yeah, I borrowed it from Mike Albert mm-hmm. is here, uh, Kickass Duke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I first moved back to Buffalo from Rochester, and it didn't have like cable or anything, not even like Wi-Fi or internet in my house in Buffalo for like two weeks, so uh, I was just like, Mike, like you got to give me something to do, man. I'm dying over here. So he just like <laughs> gave me like a box of like random games. I don't even remember what console it was, but yeah, I, I played it completely blind, having only the movie as some kind of a guide for what I was supposed to do. (laughs) Well, you know that the three of us, um, me, Mike, and the other Josh, got the remake of Resident Evil 4, and that's all we've been doing for like the last two weeks. Oh, yeah. You guys threatened to skip an episode just to play that. And I was like, no, stop it. time I play Resident Evil games past like the first one, you have these encounters with like, I'm the bad boss that you've got to beat for story reasons and then they unleash their two true power and they mm-hmm. get like monster arm with yep. like tentacles and spikes because of monster mm-hmm. powers like do you think resident evil 4 like they discovered they can turn into a man centipede tentacle thing and then went back to normal and they're like i'm just gonna wait for the perfect moment and then <laughs> booga booga out or are they discovering for the first time because if my arm turned into a giant lawnmower corpse thing i would freak the fuck out <laughs> exactly well you know you're, i'm assuming you're, you're speaking of krauser when his arms well, i'm turn. speaking of like every character that you fight in the game turns into a giant monster oh i mean all at least all the ganados and those guys like i think at that point they, they don't have any brain left to freak out but like, like ramon turns into a giant cancerous testicle <laughs> with teeth yeah, and then, like, Krauser gets, like, monster arm, and then uh, Sadler turns into crab eyeball spider monster. Mm-hmm. Like, you think he did that before and was like, well, that's cool, and then he shrunk back down and put a, put clothes on? Now, see, I always I always got the impression that once they turn, it's like, well, this is my life now. I live like this. Yeah, but like, <laughs> they're never, like, <laughs> losing their shit when it's like, I have an eyeball for a mouth. Right. Yeah, I well, and that's the thing. Like when when Krauser's arms transform, the first thing that went through my head is like, "Oh, if you live past this fight, how would you wipe yourself?" Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> shirts are going to be a problem the rest of your life. <laughs> I don't think he cares about that. He was running around half naked anyway. Yeah, but like you gotta you gotta really like you really hate Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> and like that takes precedent over your arm exploding. <laughs> exploding into a bone blade yeah it's just every time I play, it's fine like you get distracted because he's trying to kill you and you're <laughs> fighting monsters and shooting them and stuff it but i just I watch it and i'm like practically speaking that's insane well see i was talking to, to hibbert about this the thing that got me and i couldn't stop giggling about it while i was playing is like looking at it from a realistic point of view from from leon's point of view like you're on this special mission to save the president's daughter And, like, without batting an eye, you're, like, gunning down old people in a village, like, freaking suplexing old ladies on their neck, breaking their skull. Like, (laughs) 
just roundhouse kicking people. And it's like, I just think about like when he got back home, like, so how'd it go? Well, I killed about 87 people. Uh, I suplexed several grandmas, you know, it's like, how do you come back from that? <laughs> it's so much fun though. Shooting an old lady's arms off. Yeah. <laughs> keep doing that. I, I'm a big fan of the kneecap and then roundhouse kicking him to the face. Yeah. I, I that carried over from the old game. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but this new one, you can just like, if you go to shoot the weapon, other hand, their whole arm will blow off <laughs> and then you can shoot their other arm off and they'll look at themselves as they're bleeding and then fall over and die. Mm-hmm. And it's just ridiculous. Yeah. You go back from killing five dozen Mimas. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. It's especially funny. Like when you do shit, like light the cow on fire and it's like, dude, you're just evil. Like oh, Leon's you can light like, the cow on fire? Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, I'm gonna do that now. Yeah, in the in the in, <laughs> in the opening village sequence, if you run through the uh, the little barn with the cow, aim at the lantern that's hanging above the cow. You get it drops, sets the cow on fire, and it plows through a bunch of ganados, lighting them on fire. Oh, that's awesome! Now I have a reason to play for a third time. <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. Um. Let me hear other notes today. Uh, so, are you are your kids big on April Fools? Or have they mm. grown out of it already? Nah, Caleb's never really done anything about it. I don't know about uh, Josh. What about you? Yeah, not really. My son uh, Griffin, he always talks about it, but his idea of pranks are always like way way too over the top. Like he takes things, he takes everything in his whole life way too far, you know, and uh, um. He, so he's t- always talked about like these pranks he wants to pull, and I'm just like, you know, no son, you're gonna like literally burn the house down. <laughs> like, please don't do that. <laughs> so I t- I tend to talk him out of things, and then I, I try to tell him like there's simple things. Like when I was growing up, my brother used to prank me all the time, but he would do the classic ones with like the peanut butter on the doorknob or like the plastic mm-hmm. over the toilet. But like you know, those are classic for a reason because you wake up first thing in the morning, you try to go pee, you know, at like you know five six o'clock in the morning before school, and there's peanut butter on the door handle, and you forget to like you know look, you know, like they work, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he and he used to always get me with that stuff, or he'd put like dish soap on the kitchen floor so I'd slip, and you know, but like. You say something like, like that to Griffin, and he's like, "Okay, so I'm gonna get like a torch, right?" And I'm like, "No, stop right there. Just stop. Don't, <laughs> don't even finish that." <laughs> so yeah, no, it's never really, nah, never really means anything in our house. So, Dad, I'm gonna get weapons grade anthrax, <laughs> and I'm gonna replace your coffee creamer. Uh, so this is the first year Zoe like really was like, "I am gonna give you guys the best pranks ever." And, you know, me and Teresa were like, okay, you know, like we kind of side-eyed, like, this will be fun. Mm. This is Zoe's idea of a prank. And I'm telling you this on the podcast because she's probably never going to listen to this episode. If she does, she'll be like 20. (laughs) She took the biggest shit I have ever seen in my life (laughs) and didn't flush. (laughs) So I go in to use the bathroom like, oh, my God. And then from the other side of the house so he goes ha april fools <laughs> I was just like what the fuck i mean i would argue that's a damn good prank because she she got you she did get me but it's like you're a seven-year-old girl what the hell is wrong with you was that's there awesome. a level was there a level of pride <laughs> like she thought wow, she was my so seven-year-old happy with did herself. that like she left a loaf of bread in the toilet yeah 
<laughs> oh man. Just... So <sighs> proud. That's awesome. Wait, hang on. Wait, that reminds me. I did almost <laughs> the same thing one time. You reminded me of, okay, oh, God, I can't believe I can't forgot all about this. So I never really pulled pranks on like my brother or friends either. But <laughs> once years ago when uh, Christine and I were living in Rochester before we had kids, uh, we lived in Corn Hill and we had this uh, apartment that was like uh, the back of somebody's house that had uh, turned into this apartment. So there was like one room per floor and we used to share a desktop laptop or a computer back then. And it was in the basement and that's like where my comics were. And, you know, Mike, you remember we used to hang mm-hmm. out down there all the time, like making comics and smoking too much. And it was like yep. a, little, a literal like cave in the ground that eventually had like a fungus problem. So there was like <laughs> mushrooms everywhere. But, uh, but every once in a while, when Christina needed to use the computer, like she would go down there. And yes, yeah, so I did that one time where I, I just coincidentally took like the biggest shit of my life. Like it was just curled around and like above the water. Like it was just so impressive. And and with my like crappy little flip phone camera, like I had taken a picture of it, like just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this exists. Like I just need proof. And I wasn't going to show it to anybody because it was embarrassing. And this was like weeks before. But then when it was April Fool's, I'm like, oh, shit, I remembered the picture. And so I made it the the uh, wallpaper on the shared <laughs> desktop. And, you know, Christina went down and I went up and then I'm in the kitchen just getting a drink. And then all I hear from from, you know, below in the basement is like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> See, now, that is a prank I used to do to my dad all the time with uh, changing the desktop background. Because when we had a family computer, like, we first got on the internet, I was, like, 16 years old. So, of course, I'm all up in the illicit stuff, like, finding all the gross pictures and, like, ooh, look at this one. What is this? You know? And a style project, too. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, and then my dad would, you know, he'd get home from work. He'd want to go online. He had these little contests that he would always enter every day. Like, oh, you know, win a free bottle of dish soap. Like that, all that kind of crap. And I would fuck with the background and just wait. And my favorite one was, do you guys remember the the Spencer's gift cards that were, or the Spencer's birthday cards that were like <laughs> the really big ladies? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> there was one. It was this that. lady just sitting there with like slices of bologna all over her. And, like, you couldn't really see anything. Oh. It was just, like, a very large woman covered in baloney. And I blew that up and put it as the desktop background and just left it. So I'm sitting out in the living room, puts it around. <laughs> I think I was playing, like, Sega CD or something. And my dad goes to the computer room, and I'm waiting. And I just hear, oh, Jesus Christ, Michael, what the fuck is it? Like, <laughs> he just started freaking out, and he didn't know how to change it back. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it was <sighs> so much fun. I couldn't do that at work, but when I used to work in an office, uh, I worked in a pretty big office. Like there was maybe like a hundred or so people there uh, here in Austin. And yeah, on April Fools, I would never remember, but I had this one coworker who was like, and I don't know if you work in an office, but like there's almost always one person who kind of takes it upon themselves to become like the party planner or mm-hmm. like, you know, they, they do the, they bring out a birthday card for everyone to sign. And, you know, we kind of refer to them as like the office mom. And yep. so the office mom would always come in and be like, 
Yeah. And I used to wear like silly ties sometimes like shamrocks or whatever. And, you know, so she would, I, I came in one time and, you know, she'd ask me like for my April fool's tie. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like what, what would that even look like? But whatever. But yeah, I used to, <laughs> I used to go, it used to be easier on windows back in like the Vista days where you could go around and with just a couple of keystrokes, you could flip somebody's uh, the orientation of their screen upside down or like sideways. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And so I would I would walk around the office with her and we would flip everyone's like screens upside down. We'd turn everybody's phone volume all the way down. And then the IT guys would fucking hate us every year. They'd be like, you motherfuckers, because they would get so many calls for like broken computers and broken phones. They literally had to walk over and like, just hold the volume button up, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I hate I, I don't I do and I don't. Because I work remotely, we have like virtual Zoom meetings where it's like Wacky Tie Wednesday. Join <laughs> us for happy hour, and it's like no, no, I don't, I don't want a pizza party. I'm an adult. Thanks. Mm-hmm. How about a raise? <laughs> <laughs> How about some money? Yeah. yeah, we do stuff like that too. We occasionally will get together if there's enough people in the same city to like have a little happy hour, and the company will pay for it. But mostly, yeah, happy hour is just. It's a company-sanctioned reason to quit halfway through a Friday and start drinking in the middle of the day. So I don't, I don't usually mind joining those. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just do those Zoom calls. I'll log in, turn the camera off, turn the microphone off, and just leave. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, it's funny because now that you say that, like, there's always one guy, always, who'll be, like, sitting out on his porch – with, uh, with like a bad Wi-Fi signal, you know, sitting outside having a beer, smoking a cigarette, whatever. And then it's like he's just sitting there doing his own thing while the rest of us are talking. And then he'll be like, oh, yeah, sorry. I, I guess I must have lost connection. And I'm like, no, you did that on purpose, didn't you? You took your laptop outside so you could be like, oh, sorry, there's no signal out here. <laughs> yeah. It really depends on my mood. Like, I don't want to play like virtual charades. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah. Um, let me share another funny story, and then I'll, I'll hop into uh, more serious matters. <laughs> As everybody knows, I have a sleep eating disorder <laughs> called uh, breakfast werewolf syndrome. We get Chinese food maybe once a week, every two weeks. Mm. And the Chinese place we go to just will give you fistfuls of fortune cookies. You know, like uh, uh-huh. a responsible Chinese food place will give you like one per meal. Right. Sure. So if you get like chicken and broccoli, you get a fortune cookie. These guys just, like, they take a scoop and dump a bunch in your bag. So you get, like, half a dozen to ten fortune cookies, and they just sit in a box in the house. Like, I'm the only one that eats them because Mm -hmm. fortune cookies are kind of an acquired taste. They're sort of like the Catholic Jesus wafer. (laughs) And I don't know why. Uh, I'm cleaning the house before uh, Easter. We're having company come over, and my wife's like, Go clean the bathroom. Like, yeah, no problem. And then she asked me as I'm starting to clean, what's your fortune? I'm like, what are you what are you talking about? And I look down at the toilet and all around the edge of the toilet are fortunes from fortune cookies. Somebody (laughs) got up in the middle of the night. Somebody sat on the shitter and (laughs) ate like 30 fortune cookies. And just left all the fortunes on the floor. (laughs) That is amazing. Um yeah, so uh, good news will happen to you in the future as you clean the toilet. 
I'm going to have to find the strange homeless person that lives in the walls of my house that, that keeps sneaking food. Um, eating all I should set up like a ring camera all like you know, in various places of the house to catch myself doing it because it would be hilarious. <laughs> Although it might be some like paranormal activity shit where you just stop and stare at the camera for a minute. Oh, God. Yeah, I feel like I walk like I, I spider walk down the hallway. <laughs> And then you just like pop up in front of the camera and look at it for three minutes. Like, <laughs> and then just scurry away into some cereal. I have my underwear on my head and I just, you know, <laughs> I eat a box of Ritz crackers and go back to bed. <laughs> um, you know, my my son, I shouldn't give away all of his secrets. So I hope he, hope he doesn't listen to this when he's older. But he uh, so he's a sleepwalker and he's been doing it less and less as he gets older. He's 10 now, almost 11. But every once in a while, like I'll be sitting in my living room and in my house is kind of like an open concept and I'll be sitting in my living room and I'll just like the feeling of like eyes in the back of your head or whatever. <laughs> and like I'll just look up the stairs and I can see all the way up to the second floor landing uh, where his uh, bedroom door is. And every once in a while I'm watching TV, all the lights off and I look up and then he's just standing at the top of the stairs, just staring at me and like <laughs> at, like one in the morning while I'm trying to watch a movie. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> that's terrifying. But he used to do it a lot more when he was younger, like six, seven years old. And we were worried. We didn't we didn't live in a house with stairs at the time, but we were worried that he would like, you know, hurt himself. Or one time he went outside. And so mm -hmm. it was like, OK, we got to we got to do this. So, yeah, we had some like, some cameras. But my wife is also really big on like, don't spy on me. Like, this is my house. I don't want people. I don't want anybody, even family members, you know, like watching me do stuff like it's an invasion of my privacy. So I had cameras set up in like strategic places for like the front porch or the front door, or the back door, nowhere like inside the house. But yeah, every once in a while, like I would get like a message that I had like footage and I would look and it would just be like, a, you know, just a a video feed of like the back door and then randomly like a giant like white night vision eye would just come into frame like staring directly into the camera and was like what are you doing oh my god <laughs> that's pretty awesome it's, oh, that's uh, i always have the vaguest memories of like i knew what i was doing and i did not give a shit mm -hmm. like there's some part of my brain like the brain that's walking and has motor function to eat food is there but the part that says, like, maybe you shouldn't eat fortune cookies on the toilet is not working. <laughs> it's fine. It's yeah, fine. like, it's, it's fucking strange. Anyways. <laughs> I, I, I definitely used to sleepwalk. And, that I mean, I think I've gotten over it. I mean, granted, no one's usually home when I'm asleep. So maybe I still do. I don't know. But it's been a long time since, I, since anyone's told me that I've done it. Um, but I know the one time, uh, this is years and years ago. This is back when I was, like, I think 24, 25 it was soon after we moved into the house. And um, I happened to be, it was at one of my nights off. So I, I got into bed when Jess was still sleeping. And um, she told me that she woke up to me jumping out of bed and running down the hall and just standing in the middle <laughs> of the hallway. And I don't recall doing it, but she was like, it was the most terrifying fucking thing. And I was like, I don't remember doing that. And she goes, you then slowly walked back to the bed and sat down. <laughs> I was like, all right. So eh, weird sleep <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, check out our new movie this summer, Paranormal Asshole. <laughs> where <laughs> middle-aged men get up in the middle of the night and do weird things. Sleep eating cookies on the toilet. <laughs> 
there's an episode title. <laughs> I know, right? I had wacky tie or wacky tie Wednesday, but I'm a fortune yeah. cookie toilet. Um, <laughs> I finally got to go to Jerry's closet. Oh, nice. Uh, I really want to go. Yeah, me too. Really, really cool. Uh, cool thing about Buffalo is there's a ton of indoor flea markets and outdoor flea markets. Rochester doesn't really have them. Um, this one I went to when it first opened years ago, and there's only like three or four shops that were open. Now it's like uh, there's an indoor antique mall kind of thing, and that's where Jerry's Closet is. But also on the outside, um, there's like these bigger storage units that you can kind of – they've turned into shops. Nice. Oh, okay. So there was at least a dozen places with comic books if you wanted to take the time to like flip through unsorted long boxes of comic books. That is uh, literally my heaven. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But I saw, what did I see? I saw like a lot of N2 and like Death of Superman and a lot of like just weirdness. So, but who knows? Uh, a lot of like vintage action figures. Some of them were overpriced. Some of them weren't. A lot of like, you know, we put them in like old G.I. Joe's, old Star Wars. We put them in little bubbles or up on the wall. But you're at the flea market, so you, you can just haggle to your heart's content. Anyways, uh, Jerry's Closet. You guys know Sam way better than I do. Um, and I wasn't ready for, like, how ready she was to nerd out. And then, it's, like, the minute you walk in there, it's just top, like, floor to ceiling of just awesome nerd stuff. Mm-hmm. Garbage spell kits, action figures, videotapes, DVDs, books, everything. Yeah, fucking everything. In a nice, tight little shop. Um, and I think I bought stuff I had already because <laughs> you ever just see something and you're like, you feel compelled that it's so you that you have to buy it. Oh yeah. And then you get home and you're like, wait, I already have this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I was buying. Um, garbage fell kids, which I might have them, but I was like, I, I love this. I have to buy this. A, a really rare, uh, deep red Chas Balin book, who is a horror journalist. That made a name for himself in the 80s and 90s, and he unfortunately passed away. Uh, but he had like a Gonzo style uh, horror journalism, and he published some books. So of course Sam has them uh, from her personal collection, and she was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's Charles Bell," and I was like, "Oh no!" And then like, <laughs> there's you know another that stranger that was in there talking about society, and then she just looked at me and she was like, "You know what's uh, who did the effects for that?" And I was like, "Screaming Mad George." Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and she's like, yeah, I, I saw it for the first time with Mike, and it's just a complete stranger talking about society in this <laughs> awesome little shop in Southern Buffalo. And then immediately I realized that, like, I would be here every single week if I was close. Just honestly, all of my hard earned money. If I didn't work overnights, like, I would be there way more often. The problem is, like, you know, w- with the hours, like my options are get out of work and drive an hour and a half out there and wait for them to open, you know, and then go home, you know, basically just stay up or only sleep for a couple hours, get up, drive out there and get there before they close. So it's like I, I keep wanting to get up there when I have like an off day, but it's so rare that I'm actually off on a Saturday where there's not already some kind of plan. Yeah, the same for me to drive out there. Right, exactly. Uh, and then you, like, wishfully hope that this was just, like, a bar that she owns. <laughs> where, like, it's just full of her junk, and you can, like, look at it. And I couldn't help but, like, she has a gigantic 
section of pre-recorded on television TV shows that her dad recorded that she's selling. And all I could think of is like, they're probably lost to time only on these tapes, TV commercials. Oh yeah. That like obscure media collectors would love. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I need to fix my VCR and buy every (laughs) single tape and obsessively (laughs) watch all these and collect. And then I had to be like, stop, 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 stop. You know, like you have a job and a a child and a wife. Get get out of there. Yeah, that collector yep. voice starts like picking at the bracket of your brain. Like, don't you need all of those? Come on. Yeah. Like, oh, yep. It's not that much money. It'll be fine. Just just buy them all. It'll be good. It'll be like this new hobby that you enjoy. Come on. See, buy them because they may not be there when you come back. Oh God. And, yeah. This is why I'm glad I started working at conventions rather than just attending conventions, because there's that voice in my head that's going, no, 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 you can't spend money until you've made your investment back. So it, it I end up avoiding doing that now, because before I'd go to a convention and be like, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna buy it. Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's hard. It's hard when it's like local too, like you know the person. Like I would love to go, you know. For me, it's like you know, several states away. I have to like fly up and like make plans. That's uh, that's even love. worse if I didn't know Sam. If she didn't yeah. personally pull garbage pail kids out for me and set them aside, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like okay, this is a stranger. I don't need to buy everything. But then yeah, I'm like, you, I have that mentality of like, I'm helping her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, they, it, ugh. Sorry, yeah, you, you, I, you, I go to comic book shops or whatever all the time, and it's like, oh my god, like everything in here, I want everything. Like, fuck, if I won the lottery, I would just buy this whole fucking store, you know. And mm-hmm. it's, but of course, you're able to like pick and choose. But then when you know people, it's hard, you know. Like to Mike, to your point, I used to, I haven't been to a lot of comic book conventions actually because I, I didn't really enjoy like the big, the big giant like you know Comic Con, Wizard World type ones. I like the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. But what, I, and what I found was the best way for me to not spend a crazy amount of money was I would go to the comic books to the comic convention and my my strategy is just do a lap of every aisle look at everything don't spend a fucking dime just look and make like a mental list of what's cool and you know maybe stop and chat with somebody for a break but the, what that does is by the time I get to the other end of the convention center I'm tired I'm hungry I'm pissed off I haven't bought a fucking thing in all the time I've been here <laughs> and then just being like annoyed makes it so that I'm not buying stuff because now it's like I'm purposely annoying myself because if I was in a good mood I'd be broke so I right. need to be like you know what I'm gonna go buy like that one like stupid book and I'm going to meet Simon, Simon Bisley and I'm going to get the fuck out of here, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and that's been <laughs> my trick. But then the part of the problem is I started doing comics boost, which, which is a whole other story. But like, I started doing that because I kept missing awesome Kickstarters that I didn't know about for like cool comic book projects, including one where I literally emailed and got a hold of the artists and was like, look, Hey, look, I found every single comic that you ever drew uh, for this three geeks series that I some re- for some reason became obsessed with. And I was like, do I have everything? Like, you know, is my checklist? And he was like, oh, well, we literally just printed a new one like last month and the Kickstarter ended. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I had no idea. And I've been like actively looking for this stuff. Anyway, that's the origin story of Comics Boost. But anyway, so <laughs> what I've done is I've ended up meeting some local comic book dudes here in Austin because I've either promoted them on Comics Boost or it gives me an excuse to like talk to them at a convention. Like I have, I have, I just have a topic to bring up like, Oh yeah. Like I, I do, you know, whatever I've seen you on Instagram, I do this thing. And it's just, 
a reason to not to have something other than like I like your comics, you know, and like <laughs> be like a total nerd. So I've met, you know, like Drew Halloween who does Halloween Man and Joe Cachadorian who does Infinity Stunt and whatever. I don't want to name you know name drop everybody, but the problem is the last time that I went to like a local convention, I spent so much money because either they recognized me or I knew them or we just got to chatting and then I felt bad walking away. You know, <laughs> I was like, yep. now I got to buy something. And I spent like $200 more than what I had budgeted just because I felt bad walking away after like trying to like befriend some like local dudes, you know? So yeah, if I went to Sam's place, knowing Sam for, you know, decades now, like there's no way I'd be able to leave without like checking my bank account and trying to figure out how I'm going to pay my truck note. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, that was the same problem back in the day going just to uh, House of Fantasy. It was like I went there every week to buy my comic books. But like some weeks you'd go in, there would be like nothing in your pull bin. And you just kind of feel like, OK, well, I can't walk out empty handed. I have to buy something. And of course, Paul would be like, oh, you should read this. And he's recommending some kind of like graphic novel or something that costs twenty dollars or more. <laughs> you know. And it's like, well, I guess I'm going home with this book. (laughs) I think I have probably, no joke, 75 issue ones of comic books that I was like, well, I'm in here. They don't have anything I want. But I have a rule of like, don't go into an independent comic shop and not buy something. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this isn't good, but I bought Death Dealer the comic. (laughs) <laughs> or like, you know, take your pick because I guess like, oh, it's got barbarians or it's a horror comic. I, I, I don't know. And I just I have a bunch of these that, was I, it, you know, was it the ones like, from uh, Verotic comics? <laughs> oh, God. Do you remember Wait, that? Is that Glenn Danzig stuff? Yeah. Back in the yeah. 90s, Glenn, uh, Glenn Danzig. Yeah. He had a like a it was like an erotica, like porno comics uh, company called Verotic. But like the, the reason he had any kind of clout at all was because he got the license from the um, Frank Frazetta estate to publish Death Dealer and use original Frank Frazetta paintings on the covers. And that, you know, so people bought that because it was on like the regular, like, you know, the top shelf rack with the Vertigo books, but like the regular shelves. And then, but in the back of it, it would be like, you know, all these like crazy fucking X-rated ads for all the other books that <laughs> yep. were just wild. And I worked at the House of Fantasy, the comic book shop in Niagara Falls at the time when that was like going on. And so, you know, I was 15, but I was behind the counter and I could look at whatever I wanted. So, you know, and I'll tell you, like, I looked at that shit, but man, it was it was bad. It was real fucking bad. Like it was yeah. not even worth worth it for like the wank material. Like it, it was it was <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> Thank God for heavy metal magazine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, do you guys have plugs for Raised by Rentals? What's coming up? Yeah, uh, we just released not that long ago our episode uh, where we do a a buddy cop silly comedy sequel <laughs> to Cobra, the Sylvester Stallone action movie from the 80s, where we we figured the best way to uh, to do a sequel to Cobra is to do a genre switch up. So we had him team up with Sinbad for Assignment <laughs> Miami Beach. <laughs> I say watch it for Mike's Sylvester Stallone impersonations alone. You will laugh your ass off. Um, and I, I promise you, too. we will be using these. On Count Creepyhead in the future. Um, oh, you've been recruited, Mike, for more accents. Josh can't do them all. <laughs> like Queenie Mouth. I was I was gonna say too. We have uh, we about 
sorry, this week it should come out around the same time as this episode, but we have our new Braised by Rentals episode coming out, which is going to be the first part of our first two-parter episode series, which I had to slow down to say. <laughs> uh, so we're, we are finally tackling the big giant sci-fi project that we mentioned a few times that we keep procrastinating on for like the last year and a half. So we finally are going to tackle our improv improved version of the entire Aliens and Predator franchises mm-hmm. as a two-part episode starting uh, the week that this comes out and then our Big one will come out on Alien Day on April 26th. Um, it's no secret I am a huge Alien and Predator fan, and I don't want to bury your lead, and I don't want to drive the podcast into a five-hour episode um, <laughs> with my opinions on the franchise. I will wait until afterwards and send you guys lots of uh, compliments. I am sure I am super excited for um, Raised by Rentals and Raised by Rentals Revengeance. <laughs> the sequel genesis yeah <laughs> I, well i like i like revengeance that's one of those r titles that we're always talking about that's you have true. to make sure that it has absolutely no bearing on the plot yeah exactly it exactly. just has yeah, to no, have r in the title requiem or retribution yeah I'm literally literally adding it to the notes right now how do i get revengeance in there somehow <laughs> um <laughs> Boogie's Man, Boogeyman's Closet is on their Easter break still. Uh, if you, I, blah, 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 blah. Josh is sick, but mm-hmm. look for his upcoming Log and Ninja Turtles products on Pikmin's Vinyls. We have So It's Come to This. The Simpsons podcast is very awesome. I suggest you check it out. Mike McCoy special effects. If you need special effects work, done in buffalo if, even if you want like a mask done uh if you want to surprise your wife on your wedding day and look like a corpse there's all kinds of fun things you can do if you know a special effects guy if you want to get out of work have a realistic injury give him a call um it it really it just helps and coffin dreams llc your one-stop shop for goth clothing if you are a diminutive goth person in buffalo look them up <laughs> and last but not least jerry's closet your one-stop shop in not Alden. Why do we say Alden, New York? Uh, East Aurora. East Aurora, New York. <laughs> uh, this is a great flea market. Check out Jerry's Closet and everything else that's there. Um, I found a lot of just cool stuff hanging around. Somebody had a giant like shark head from some sort of must have been like a surf shop boogie board clothing company at the mall or something. But there's this giant shark head that I wanted. I also found a animatronic clown that looked like the clown from Pee-wee's Big Adventure, but it was held together with like duct tape and it was missing a hand. Um, and I went <laughs> to terrifying. I went to the owner of the flea market. She was running the desk in one of the antique mall sections. And I was like, how much? And she's like, it's not for sale. Um, but it was by the men's restroom. And I was like, I have to have this. And <laughs> Teresa gave me like a kind of sideways thumbs up. So I was like, so you're saying there's a chance and I wanted to go get it, but they wouldn't sell it to me. Uh, I thought it would be really cool to like put it in the bedroom. Uh, that's I have magic happens. <laughs> exactly. I have my basement is very creepy and I have my, I have a restroom in the basement and a bathroom upstairs, whatever two toilets, 
my downstairs man cave bathroom has Halloween masks all over the walls, like the flat um, 50 style. I don't know why I'm brain farting so hard with like the, the thin plastic band. Mike, what are those called? Oh, just like the the old. Um, oh, my God. Uh, ben Cooper style masks. Yeah. Ben Cooper masks that I picked up at garage sales or I pick them nice. up, uh, you know, like on clearance at Spirit Halloween, things like that. So they're all over the walls. And if you're not a horror fan or a nerd when you go to the bathroom there it's objectively terrifying <laughs> um and i have it just down there to mess with people nice. so i thought it would be even funnier if i had like creepy like abandoned scooby-doo clown from like an abandoned carnival in the house i thought would be hilarious something like when you plug it in it sparks and smokes and catches fire <laughs> and they wouldn't need to make it to the toilet they would just piss themselves yeah exactly <laughs> uh so it's efficient yeah I have a fun surprise for everybody. Normally we do our, our joke segments to kind of break the show up into two or three parts to kind of keep the flow going. Normally we give that to Josh to handle uh, a little peek behind the scenes. We kind of just ad lib and me and Michael. So like throw some topics at him and he just comes up with crazy stuff. Sometimes they're a little more involved and planned, but uh, he's sick. He's not here right now. So Josh, I'm going to put you on the spot. We have a new segment on the show called ask professor Longbox. oh shit our fans write in and ask you the hard-hitting questions because you're clearly the smartest person in the rat pantheon indeed hence the name professor uh okay <laughs> um <laughs> i'm i'm feeling very in the spotlight uh, <laughs> I'm sweating already so we're gonna ask you some life questions written to you by the fans in our facebook group are you ready as, a, as I will ever be. Professor, my wife doesn't appreciate the robot sounds I make during sex. <laughs> Is it time for a divorce? Sincerely, Michael Winslow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Winslow, I'm glad you asked. Uh, first of all, no, uh, you don't need a divorce. Uh, that bitch just needs to get used to it because that's the way you roll next. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome have you guys ever just done that to spice things up to mess with your wife <laughs> i've never made robot noises no yeah i uh oh god should i i don't i don't know if i should say it in don't public. don't get don't get in trouble let me let me I'll be the you. one that gets in trouble yeah i'll tell you when we stop recording because it's worth it <laughs> it happens all the time for me i pretended to be spider-man <laughs> oh no and I, I won't give details, but at some point I said, take that, Dr. Octopus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no, with the webbing. <sighs> my wife didn't know who Dr. Octopus was, and she's like, Dr. Octopus? I was like, okay, take that, Hobgoblin. <laughs> and she was like, what, what? You're calling me a goblin? And then I made the mistake of sharing that with friends. <laughs> with Spider-Man fans. And my friend was like, high five. He's like, oh, that's awesome. I got to try that. And, you know, both the wives were like, you guys are assholes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you went twip. <laughs> um, all right. Professor, question number two from one of our dedicated listeners. If a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, who shot JFK? <laughs> Well, it was clearly 
the uh, the tree spirit that rose from the the corpse of its great live oak that took revenge upon that great American dynasty for bringing down its beautiful beautiful arbor. <laughs> <laughs> I I was sitting here like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, tell me more. Yes, yeah. <laughs> tree spirits. Hmm. I was I was suddenly intrigued. I forgot we were doing a podcast. That movie, The Guardian, was right. Uh, Zoe, my daughter, has uh, her, you know she's a nerd. I don't think she realizes it yet, but I'm seeing the signs. She loves the presidents. Like she's very nerdy about the presidents, and she's seven, and she has opinions on who shot Kennedy, <laughs> which is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> I uh, for years I used to. My barometer for like how nerdy I was used to be like, you know, like I'm so nerdy. I know all of the president's middle names <laughs> and I still do. <laughs> yeah, she's getting there. She watches a lot of YouTube about presidents and how they died. Uh, and she thinks the mob killed them. Anyways, she's, pro- she's probably right. I think so. I think it was. Uh, no, no, no. It was, the, the, it, was the, it was the tree gnomes. It was the tree gnomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was Keebler uh, Elves. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Keebler Elves. David the gnome, <laughs> little tiny gun. It was it was them little elves, you know the them little them little elves what live in the trees. You know Vinny, right? Right. <laughs> I am gonna jump into show and tell because as we like to do, we're talking a lot, and I want to keep this flowing so I don't tie Josh and Mike up. I got a ton of stuff. Are you guys ready? There's, I'm gonna open with something that both of you guys can appreciate. Indeed, let's do it. Today I bought the new Spin Masters. Flash, Michael Keaton Batman figure. Nice. Uh, he doesn't fit in scale with the other Batman stuff, Mike, which I'm sure you're like, you're wondering. He's a little mm-hmm. bit smaller. Having said that, totally buy him. He's tons of fun. Nice. I have been playing with him this whole time. Found him at Walmart. Um, he is packed heavily in the case. Not the Flash. It's, you know, his movie. It's like a bunch of Batmans, one Flash, one Supergirl, one Dark Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all scaled down a little bit smaller. So roughly G.I. Joe sized. Might be a little smaller than that, but he comes with his grappling gun and a Batarang. And it's Michael Keaton. So it's pretty yeah. damn cool. Uh, I picked up the two Indiana Jones figures that I wanted that are the 112 scale, meaning they're six inches tall and they kind of suck. So I got Indy and I got the frog face guy with the melty face, um, not taught the other one mm-hmm. from Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know what I'm talking about? I, I don't know the name, but I know who you're talking about. He has like the burn on his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. I'll put a picture up. He's cool because you can swap his head out and he's got the melting wax head when the arc opens up and he's like, oh, God, and his face melts <laughs> um, with, you know, the power of Josh Strasberg's intelligence. <laughs> melts his face. That joke it just never gets old. Um, I will say that's probably the best compliment I ever received in my life. Somebody <laughs> telling me that listening to me talk was like having your face melted by the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty amazing I, I didn't know how to word it because that's how my brain works and it was so <laughs> overwhelming that it was face melting and that's the analogy that I made um, it works. It works. <laughs> the plastic is super gummy 
They mm. do things like Indy has a latch on his belt to put his whip on and a little <laughs> nub, like an old style Masters of the Universe nub that you would snap into place. But because the plastic is so cheap and crappy, it's completely useless. Well, that so sucks. It, it's there and it can't work. So he has a coiled whip that you can't do shit with. His gun, it's like a sticky hand. It's so gummy. Gross. It's Harrison Ford. It's Indiana Jones. But eh, I don't know if I'm be buying it anymore unless they're on clearance. Uh, I got almost the entire wave of the Epic Hack Skeletons. Oh, uh, nice. Which are super worth it, Mike. I, so, was, I was really curious about those because I, I have the, uh, the three and three fourth inch um, Epic Hacks, uh, the clear skeleton. And he's really cool. So they're scaled up with some improvements for playability. Um, I got the Grim Reaper, the Pirate, and the Viking. And they all kind of have scaled up versions of, like, the Barbarian accessories and stuff like that. Mm. What they don't show you in the pictures is they come with swappable parts to make them just flat skeletons. So, like, you can take their boots off and just give them regular skeleton feet. The arms pop out of the sockets so you can take the armor off. And you can just have a cool skeleton with an axe. So if you want just like an army of darkness, Ray Harryhausen skeleton, you could totally do it. That's or cool. If you want death with the robes and the sickle, but you don't want it to be a bright blue skeleton, you want it to be a regular bone colored, just pop and swap and move the parts around. Um, at a great price, totally worth it. The plastic is really stiff and a nice quality. You don't feel like you're going to break anything with like popping bones apart, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Highly recommend it if they ever go on sale or if you're just like, I got 30 bucks I want to spend and you don't want to get um, Joy Toy. Get <laughs> Which has pretty much become my main collecting at this point. <laughs> pretty much. Um, I got the Phantom of the Opera Casey Jones, which was on the NECA Holothon. Mm-hmm. Like I just woke up in the middle of the night and it popped up and I was like, okay, he's cool. I haven't opened him yet. And I haven't found the Invisible Man Donatello. Haven't seen him. I got a bunch of garbage pill kids from Sam at Jerry's closet. I kind of had like nerd questions where she organized them by name. But while we were there, three other people were like, my name's Ted. Do you have Ted? And it made more sense to just look up like Mm -hmm. my friend art was with me. He got modern art, which was a garbage pill kid painted like Van Gogh, which is one of the classic garbage pill kids, in my opinion, because they went above and beyond and made it look really cool. Um, I got that horror book that I'm pretty sure I have two of. If I do, I'm going to just give it away on the shelf for somebody who would like that. I got the NECA black and white Bella Lugosi, which is beautiful. Nice. Flawless. If you're a fan of Bella Lugosi, even though I, I think Dracula is kind of a ho-hum movie, it mm. looks awesome. Uh, I got the Super 7 style reaction Rodan. Oh, nice. I wanted to get that. Because I have Godzilla, and I was getting other stuff from Super... No, I got that from uh, Big Bad Toy Store. I'm sorry. But I, I just kind of feel like it's you need it. And I have the other die-cast uh, Super... Uh, the Shogun Warriors that go... the scale up with those from the 80s. So I kind of wanted them to fit in there. Yeah. I uh, picked up the spot from Into the Spider-Verse Part 2. Which Man, he, lo- he looks so freaking cool. He's crazy looking. And if you watch the trailer, he's weird and they got all the proportions right really cool um at first i didn't care about these but now i kind of want to go back i didn't realize that spider woman in this is pregnant oh uh, the comic run yeah the jessica drew character yeah so it's going to be a pregnant marvel legend action figure yeah and 
I kind of have to get it just because of that, like, first time that's ever going to happen. Maybe the only time. You can have, like, Spider-Man poses while with child. So would that be classified as like an action feature? <laughs> I, I don't, you know, two, I don't know if it's like a, one? <laughs> there was. It's a holy grail for me if I ever find that there's a pregnant Barbie, where you can open her stomach up and pull the baby out. Oh my god! That got discontinued because people I took offense to it. Remember that? Yeah. And it's kind of in the pantheon of like toys people talk about that I've never seen. It's very collectible. That and there's a skipper doll that can go through puberty if you squeeze her legs together, her hips and yep. her boss will grow. It's something just like the the kitschiness of it. I'd love to have it. I got Toonie Terror's Killer Clowns from Under Space 2 pack that again I found randomly at Target. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to Ollie's and I bought all four retro Ghostbusters from Kenner that they re released oh, for nice. three bucks each. Oh, for that price, that's definitely worth I was it. like, fuck, I have to get these just for the ghosts alone. Um, and then I got the retro style, the smaller three inch Marvel Legends Ant-Man was also there. And I was like, Ant-Man can change sizes. And that was my justification for buying Ant-Man. <laughs> um, long box, what kind of comics have you gotten? Oh, geez. How much time you have? Uh, <laughs> give us top uh, five. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, five. That's all. Jeez. I don't even know how to narrow that down. Okay. So. <laughs> I'll say my like recent obsessions have been um, I've been collecting Astro City again, which it's one of those comics that I loved in I loved back in the day. But for some reason, I haven't read it in a really long time. I probably would have consistently said it was in my top maybe 10 or 20 comics like of all time. But I haven't actually read an issue in, I don't know, fucking 10 or 15 years for whatever reason. I even have a bunch of them that I haven't read. But yeah, I was at the comic shop recently and I don't collect a lot of single issues. I haven't in a long time. I mean, I do, but I tend to always go for the square bound collections whenever possible. But I noticed that there was a new issue of uh, Astro City out. It was a, it's a one shot special called That Was Then. And and I grabbed it because of, uh, not only because it's Astro City, but I got the Eric Larson variant cover, uh, which is really, really cool uh, with uh, the Savage Dragon and Samaritan on the cover. But there's like, I kind of have a soft spot for that, that book because when I, was I worked at a comic book shop when I was like a teenager and was a big, you know, comic fan then. But then I got to high school and it was like girls thought the comics were lame, especially back then. And oh, yeah. I, I, I kind of chose, you know, like spending what little money I had, like hanging out with my friends and like trying to meet girls. And, you know, it was it just, it just wasn't cool anymore. And it, plus it was like the mid to late 90s and like mainstream superhero comics just weren't any good, really. Um but Astro City was the last series that I collected monthly before I just quit for like four or five years. And I got back into it in 2000. And it's funny how it ties back to what we were already talking about, because, yeah, I went in the house fantasy one day. I hadn't been in there in there in years. I was across the street at the American Legion waiting for a concert to start. And I had gotten there like an hour early. I had mixed up the time and had nothing else to do. So I went across the street to just say hi to Paul, the owner of the shop. And there, there was a oversized deluxe edition hardcover of the first Astro city book, uh, life in the big city. 
and having not read comics, you know, at this point in four or five years, I just on a whim was like, yeah, I got 40 bucks. I'll drop on this giant hardcover. Why not? This thing is beautiful. And I've always loved the character Samaritan who's on the cover. And then that right there was how I got back into comics and became obsessed with them again. Low these 23 years. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I was reading the book for a while. And then when I moved to Texas, I had to put all my comics in storage for a while and I didn't read anything new. I was just reading shit from the library and I just got really out of, out of, uh, you know, I got so, so far behind on stuff. So anyway, yeah, the point is there was a new Master City special out. I got it. And then I went down the rabbit hole of like, well, now I got to fill in all the gaps. I got to find all the stuff that I've been missing. So I've been tracking down all the trade paperbacks and hardcovers, discovered that two of them are pretty rare and expensive. And that is super annoying. But I did just yesterday or the day before get the, uh, Astro City 3D special, which I love because I also have a small little collection of 3D comics, so that's definitely in my wheelhouse. Um, I've also been collecting the new Wildcats uh, ongoing series that DC is putting out, and it's the 30th anniversary of Image, uh, or at least it was last year, and I guess technically into this year too, and I've been going back nostalgically and reading tons of old like Youngblood and Cyberforce, and I read I read a bunch of Spawn, way way too much Spawn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but because of the same anniversary, like Image put out a bunch of new stuff. There was a new Batman Spawn crossover. There was an Image 30th anniversary 12 issue anthology that had a bunch of new stories for like books that had been canceled or discontinued for a while. Fuck, there was even a Bloodstrike story in one of them. Wow. <laughs> um, I haven't read them all yet, so I don't know what else is in there. It's kind of like I I grab one every once in a while as like a little treat to myself. But uh, yeah, there's lots of like cool image stuff going on. I get that that I get that big Cyber Force omnibus um, earlier this year. But yeah, even DC is going back and doing Wildstorm. They have like two or three Wildstorm related titles either out now or coming out soon. And the new Wildcats is fucking dope. It is like legit awesome. I love what they're doing. That they're they're basically undoing everything that DC has been uh, trying to how they've been trying to handle the DC, the Wildcats, sorry, the Wild Storm characters ever since the New 52, uh, which is like, fuck like over a decade old now, where they tried to take all the characters of Wildstorm that were now owned by DC and just incorporate them into the DC universe like kind of randomly like they weren't keeping the teams together or the characters who knew each other so like gen 13 didn't exist but you had fairchild in this book over here and gen 13 or grunge teaming up with robin for some reason and it was like weird how they were kind of all over the place and now they're putting them back together so you get like a like a real traditional wildcats team there's a Stormwatch team on a new book that just came out uh yeah so i'm i'm pretty excited about it like they're finally doing something interesting uh, with those with those old characters, but I'll say one more. I have a huge list, but I'll skip it. But I'll say one more, which is um, <laughs> I got this this issue called Kill Marvel from uh, I think it's from 1993, and it's funny because again, it's come up a couple of times in conversation. Like we were talking about uh, like the Verotic comics a little while ago, mm-hmm. but uh, Boneyard Press uh, was like a notorious like underground publisher in the 90s. They just recently came back with the Bill the Bull collection that uh, i remember promoted. boneyard yeah <laughs> yeah uh, um and the guy who owned ran boneyard was hart d fisher like he's like one of the most like controversial guys like in the history of comics and but kill marvel was just this like a one shot where they basically were like you know 
just drawing like gross and violent, you know, stories about Marvel characters, like literally just like killing them and like, haha, let's poke fun at the big, big the, the big corporation. Um, the sequel Kill Image is like a more of a rare collector's item that I don't have, but I, fa- I managed to find Kill Marvel just in a box at cover price, which is like pretty amazing. But it's weird because that sent me down the sound, sent me down the rabbit hole of like looking at other Boneyard press comics. And uh, uh, here's a fun piece of trivia for anyone who didn't know: uh, Gerard Way, the singer from My Chemical Romance, mm-hmm. he got his first work. Uh, he was actually a comic book guy before he was a musician. He even went to the Joe Kubert School. Like he's a pretty legit uh, comic book nerd. You know, he even ran the Black Label or Vertigo, whatever it was, at DC for a while. But his first comic book work when he was still a teenager is he worked for Hardy Fisher and wrote comics for Boneyard and even like wrote and drew uh, his own comic that he released under the name Gary Way. And uh, there's even a clip you can find on YouTube where he's like 16 on the Sally Jesse Raphael show. Oh, yeah, uh, I've seen that. Defend- yeah, yep. yeah he, he's like defending the First Amendment rights for their like uh, unauthorized biography of Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, so yeah, there's a bunch of like other cool like new stuff that I got, but those are the kind of the weird ones. I was like, man, Kill Marvel is like such a weird little artifact that I found. That's awesome. Cool. We need. I need to. I wish I had more time and money for comics. Yeah, same. I've got like, jeez, two trades I got to read, and like seven or eight single issues, and I want to go back and finish up the Zdarsky Daredevil stuff, um, because that's coming to a close, hopefully. Uh, but we'll see, Mike, what'd you get? Um, well, uh, since the last episode, I've gotten a few things. Um, I did get the, uh, Masterverse movie Skeletor. Uh, Josh actually sent it to me, um, along with, uh, the Frogmonger from Origins. Both are freaking awesome. I love Frogmonger. I wish that we, I hope that we get more of the bizarre side characters and, you know, other universe stuff in Origins. Um, both are really fun. I also got King Grayskull because he was on clearance. I've been I've been eyeballing that at Target forever. So I'm like, I want him, but I don't want to drop thirty dollars. <laughs> so I'm he's like, a lot of fun. Um, what sold it for me was the swords in the cave. It, right, and that's the, and that's it exactly. They they look freaking awesome. I love the wire in the cape, so you can kind of pose it. Um, but yeah, it was like once I saw him on clearance, I'm like, okay, it's the last one. He's clearance. The box is all beat to hell. I'll grab it. Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, definitely cool figure. Um, then I got uh, Haya Toys, because me and Josh have been watching so many Predator and Alien movies lately. I had Predator on the brain, and I ordered the um, Haya Toys Jungle Hunter stealth version, because it was uh, on on sale on Amazon for 12 bucks. So I'm like, eh, you know what? Let me try it. And early Hi- it's still one of the early Haya Toys, and uh, he feels very stiff but it doesn't feel like you're going to break him. So, however, the like gear that he has is very like thin rubber. I have a feeling that is going to deteriorate over time like really badly. <laughs> so, I would recommend if you just you're in the mood to play with Aliens and Predator, the Kenner stuff still holds up. Oh yeah, um, no, I I love the Kenner stuff, but like there's I was curious. 3 or 4 were the plastic kind of goes on it but you know it's like the clan leader predator with his ten his tendrils in his head yeah um that's not gonna last but if you just want something to beat up i i have just a box of to play with aliens and predator stuff that i mess with all the time the main reason is i really wanted a a predator a predator or two 
that would be in three and three fourth inch scale. Oh, I know. And um, the, the the whole thing is like having uh, Predator go after my Hayatoys Robocop is really fun. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I also got a another uh, Warhammer Joy Toy figure, uh, another Chaos Marine. It's brother Nargast now. So now I have a little squad of three Chaos Marines uh, to kind of go with my three Space Marines. Um, but yeah, he was on, on sale as well. And man, he, like, I am so impressed with the chaos Marines that they've released because again, the, the armor is so bulky. You wouldn't think they would have the range of motion that they have, but mm-hmm. the way they use the joints are, it's so intriguing to me. Cause like the shoulder joints actually do kind of come out of socket, but on a hinge. So they like, you, the, you don't see the hole where it pops out of socket because the armor's covering it. But that allows it the range of motion for them to like double hand hold a sword or like, you know, an axe or something like that. And, and it, you never see that the joint has kind of come out of socket on a hinge joint. But if you like peel back the armor and look, you can kind of see how it all works. It's just it's a really interesting uh, articulation scheme that they went with on these guys. And I, and I can't get over the level of detail like this reminds me of early McFarlane when they were really going crazy on like the paint and detail level. But if those early McFarlane figures were playable and not breakable, <laughs> if they did, yeah, if they were complete shit, if they actually worked like toys. Yeah. So that it is, I'm, I'm constantly impressed with the direction joy toys going, which leads me to my huge purchase. The, the one where I'm like, fuck it. I'm buying myself a present. I had a really bad you know, 12 day stretch at work. I got, Plenty of overtime pay, and I had Bezos books, so I'm like, I'm gonna go ahead and get one of the Joy Toy Mechs. And I got the uh, the I'm probably saying this wrong, but Zing Tian, which is this oh, thing huge, is so cool looking. Oh my god, it's like the the mech itself is about like you know 12 inches, uh, but when you have all of his gear on, it definitely stands a little higher than that. But it it comes with a, a really cool pilot that actually fits into the mech. He's is, got is, it, is the pilot regular joy toy figure size or is he smaller no he's regular joy like he's totally three and three fourths okay i wanted to ask you in person because it's just like i had to triple check that's so awesome yeah no he actually um i i've saw a bunch of the shared parts on some of the military joy toy figures i got yeah like a, a lot of the uh the like the legs the chest piece the helmet they're all reused parts just painted differently with extra gear kind of like glued on so like armor armor bits and stuff um, so it's, you know, the, the old standard reuse of, of molds. Um, but honestly, he's the, he's the coolest kit bash of the military figures I've seen, but the, the giant mech, it's got the, the double bladed or the double sides. So you can kind of connect them together or you can have them individual, the blades fold down and pop out and they're actually sharp, which kind of threw me. I was like, holy shit, you could hurt somebody with this. <laughs> um, he's got the, the wrist mounted blades. Uh, he's got the two pistols, and then he's got this giant, like, huge, like, Gauss rifle. It, it's it's insane. Um, but even, like, the little camera eyes that are on the mech, I didn't think they would move. They they all rotate. So it's like there's so many little details that I, I can't get over. Like, every time I, I pick it up and play with it, I notice something else. Like, all of the armor, you can take it off. So you can literally, like, have him, like, battle damaged if you want to and, like, take pieces of the armor off. There's these little, like, connection points that you can pop them right out of. And and it's meant to do that. Like, there's you see the little peg system. Um, 
And then you, you have all these other little peg systems where if you want to have him holster his guns on his side or on his back, you can do that. If you want to have him like wrist mounted or like shoulder mounted, you could do that. There's so many different display options with it. And when you look at the price of like, you know, Hasbro shit right now, this is well worth it. Like this figure is 115 bucks. Um, but if you look at what they're doing with Star Wars now with Hasbro, like the uh, the star <laughs> the Naboo Starfighter, for like what 140 dollars for a basically a mold that we've had before, um, yeah, I'm I'm throwing my money at Joy Toy, yeah, so I'm I, I'm I really liking it. Yeah, dude, this thing looks awesome. I'm looking at it on Amazon and I'm like, damn, <laughs> it's it's insane. It is. It's crazy. I mean, right down to the fact that it just like looks fucking cool, like the color scheme and the overall design. And mm-hmm. you get into you get into all the options, like you were just saying, and all the articulation and all the tiny, tiny little details. It's like they thought of everything that you could possibly want to do with it. It's yep. It's just really fucking cool. And the crazy thing is the articulation. Like I kept thinking, like, oh, well, clearly it's not going to move this way because it's it's too big. Like, no, it's it it has an insane amount of articulation on it. And if you want to take apart the weapons, like the the scythes, for example, you can actually take them apart. So it's like like they they peg they peg together, so you can like remove pieces again. Like the battle damage options blow my mind. Three questions. Mm-hmm. Finger articulation. Uh, slight. Um, like they do have finger articulation, which is honestly, that's my only complaint is they don't have, they didn't do like the transformers thing where they have the articulated fingers, but there's still like the kind of half circle in the palm where you can clip the weapons into. So you can move the fingers out and in, like they're not like multiple jointed. Um, but the way the thumbs sit, like if you have them, if you, unless you have them like in the right spot, it they it won't hold the weapons how you want it to like you kind of have to fiddle with it a bit. That's the only complaint I have about it. So, uh, question number two. It's about a hundred bucks. A uh, hundred and fifteen right now. Beautiful. And the figure comes with new head. I know uh, it, it's a it's a reused head from one of the other military figures. It's just painted different and it's got a lot more detail on, on this paint scheme. Um, the chest piece is the, well, the actual chest is reused, but the web gear that goes over it is new. Um, and again, the, the thighs and arms are reused, but again, they have plated armor glued on over top of it. So it looks brand new. That's worth, you know what, if I didn't have the other one, Mm -hmm. and this one's new to me, which I don't have the other head, uh, God damn it. Yeah, if I like a bag of money falls out of the sky every morning, I wake up and kind of just like look at the sky and hope that it happens. <laughs> um, that's totally what I'm going to do. It's it's one of those things. If you have Bezos bucks lying around um, and you're really looking for an interesting piece, Joy Toy has some good stuff. And uh, I had been holding on to some some Bezos bucks for a while going, I know I'm going to buy myself something stupid, but I don't know what. <laughs> so I just wasn't <laughs> buying it for a while. And uh, I had like about one hundred and twenty twenty dollars like stashed aside. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I just like I said, I worked overtime. I got extra money that I didn't plan for. I could use my Bezos bucks for something I don't need. Yeah. Treat so. yourself. Exactly. Treat yourself. Uh, did you get anything else? Nope. That was it. All right. Professor, 
Are you ready to answer more questions from our concerned fans? None at all, but I will do it anyway. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for preparing for this. And I'm sorry for throwing you under the bus, but it's hilarious. <laughs> Professor, I left my tuna salad sub to warm on the dashboard of my car for six hours. It's fine, right? Yes, because listeria and trichinosis do not exist. It's all a scam, people. Wake up. Do your own research. <laughs> Birds aren't real. Neither is food poisoning, according to Professor Longbox. Uh, you know, if you, who, who needs a microwave? You can just have the dashboard of your uh, Lincoln Continental. Microwaves are a work. scam. The and sun is a giant microwave in the sky for free. It's all a scam. The military-industrial complex is fooling you, people. Sheep. <laughs> bah, bah. And who doesn't love hot tuna and mayonnaise? Mmm, hot mayonnaise. <laughs> Two words that go together like food and poisoning. <laughs> Yummy. Maybe we should say that in the bedroom to our wives next time. Mmm, hot mayonnaise. <laughs> 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 oh lord i'm gonna <laughs> that's the new episode title hot mayonnaise <laughs> i'm gonna just roll over and whisper oh. into Teresa's ear in the middle of the night to see what she does <laughs> hey baby hot mayonnaise it's good thing my wife doesn't uh sleep in our house about half the time <laughs> <laughs> that could be like our red pantheon hill hydra Think hot mayonnaise. <laughs> hot mayonnaise. <laughs> That's all you know. <laughs> well, then, then you have to answer it with like hot tuna. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Spencer's oh, gift fantastic. cards covered in baloney. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me chew through the news here. And we can wrap this up as quickly as possible. I keep saying that. I think I'm jinxing us. I just add more time onto it. Uh, I am going to start with a bit of news that I forgot to include. Shown off at WrestleMania weekend two weeks ago, four new WWE superstars. This is wrestlers using the He-Man bodies that me, Mike, and Josh will buy on occasion. Mike, did you see the picture I sent? Oh, yeah. You get Mr. Perfect with towel. Bam Bam Bigelow with removable shirt. Big Van Vader, who is a big guy with a jackstrap kind of thing on his head, comes with a cool cape. And this one really, really got me excited. Captain Lou Albano mm-hmm. with his platinum record for when he hung around with Cindy Lauper in the 80s. Um, comes with a removable Hawaiian T-shirt. But basically they made a fat guy upper torso for He-Man figures, and they're just getting the most out of it, and it's awesome. I am definitely buying that figure. uh, If there's ever a reason to customize yourself into an action figure... Exactly. It's Captain (laughs) Blue. I I, I may have to buy a couple, because I was thinking that as as soon as I saw it, I'm like, ooh, I can make custom me in He-Man form. Because there's Earthquake coming out, and he looks just like you. You just need to give him a little bit of hair. And literally, it's just white T-shirt, yellow Hawaiian shirt. He's got real pants, white shoes. It's just street clothes, Mike Alvarez. <laughs> I love it. And take your pick of any weapon you have laying around. Yep. Uh, 
I mentioned the Epic Hack Skeletons. Wave 2 is coming out later this year. Uh, there's two more Roman guys because they just kind of scale up the accessories for their smaller dudes. There's a lot of Romans. But there's also a cowboy and a luchador. They look pretty neat. Super 7 has shown off their newest wave of ultimates. I might have mentioned this last episode, so if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry, fans. Uh, it's the Rescuers. So it's the two mice and the little girl that they save. They do not have uh, the Carol Burnett villain that's in the first Rescuers, who I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, no idea why, but I mean, you got to get the two mice in there. And Penny, I think, was a little girl's name. Uh, NECA is doing Gargoyles Angela, who is the daughter of Goliath. There is a black and white Bride of Frankenstein coming out. There is Marvel Legends first appearance Iron Man coming soon because it is an anniversary year for the Avengers. Um, because NECA wants Mike's money, they're making Strongheart and Zorak from the Dungeons & Dragons LJN figures. They look so good! I thought, I know you thought they were fragile, I was fine with the quality of my um, two D&D guys. It was, the thing that got me about the fragility of it were the uh, the swords in particular. I felt like the plastic was... It's that it's that accessory plastic that NECA's been using with the TMNT figures where it's super, super lightweight, and I just feel like I could snap it with two fingers. That freaks me out. And then the wings on Warduke's helmet. Yeah. Very, very um, fragile. These felt like Predator figures to me, so I'm used to them. Mm-hmm. I kind of got them posed how I wanted. I used a little hot water to loosen the hands up to get the swords in. Uh, no major complaints. I'm not going to be doing anything nuts with them. Uh, Super 7, as Disney Store exclusives, they had Willow was their first test run of this. Now they're doing Tron. So if you go to Disneyland, you can get Tron guys on the light bikes. This usually means they're coming to comic book stores at a later date with some sort of change to them. But Disney gets them first. NECA is doing first appearance April O'Neil where she was black or mulatto Mm -hmm. um, from the early not. Is it Mirage? Uh, yeah, it was it was the early Mirage comics because she she was based on um, Eastman's girlfriend, uh, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they tease that they're doing that. There is a Marvel Legends two pack featuring Bruce Banner and first appearance Hulk where he's gray. This is the first Bruce Banner figure in over 20 years. Uh, there is also superpowers, Dr. Doom and Photon, also known as Captain Marvel. Hasbro. Realizing the errors of their ways is bringing back windows in their packaging so you can make sure your figures haven't been swapped out for garbage you didn't want. Um, this is not an April Fool's joke. They're trying desperately to stop the hemorrhaging. The other problem being the 15% price increase that they've done without any justification. Uh, as a Mattel exclusive, there is He Skeletor, who is essentially Faker, but with some different colored paint. It's he- Skeletor if he was He-Man. Mm-hmm. I guess he's kind of cool. Uh, McFarlane is making Page Puncher Dark Knight Return two pack featuring um, the Dark Knight Returns Batman and the Mutant Leader with nipples. Yeah, I was... super tiny scale. <laughs> if you want it for your pocket, I was just looking at this this two pack going. That's an interesting choice. He's got bright orange nipples. Uh, I wouldn't have gotten that, but he's got his nipples. <laughs> So it, it's kind of ridiculous in the right kind of way. 
Hasbro showed off the next wave of Indiana Jones figures, and it has been confirmed that of the six figures, four of them are Indiana Jones. The other two are Short Round and Indiana Jones' Goddaughter. Buy all six, and you could build the weird skull statue thing from Temple of Doom. I don't know why anybody would need four Indiana Joneses, but Hasbro seems to think so. Um, They're not taking any chances. You can get Mando's new Starfighter from The Mandalorian, which, if you haven't been watching, is super good this year. For 130 bucks. it comes with The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. That's it. Mm-hmm. This is a $60 Toy Tops. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people are just going to wait for it to go on clearance because $130 is ridiculous. Uh, there are new Black Series figures they showed off for the Star Wars event at Disney or LucasArts, and of note, you get a new Jedi Luke if you didn't get it one last time. Darth Vader, where his helmet comes apart, this is a retool and re-release of an older Black Series Darth Vader, and the rest are kind of just more Luke Skywalkers, more Mandalorians, a few new characters, nothing crazy or worth mentioning. Uh, News has leaked that Masterverse Ram Man has rubber legs, so, Such a weird choice. Because cutting in the articulation is odd, but he's got like his accordion legs are rubber. I, I don't know why. Yeah, and no, I just felt like they did it great on the origin figures where they they cut the articulation right where the accordion pieces meet. So if you just have his legs standing straight, he looks like he's got the accordion legs. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't understand why they went this route because the rubber will deteriorate over time. He's the one character that, like, people don't get mad if he doesn't have leg articulation. Right. Because he never did. So, like, they could have just kind of cut that corner and everybody would be like, okay. But whatever. Uh, he looks cool. Probably get him. For an April Fool's Joke Super 7 release this year, the Super 7 Cobra Escape Set, which features Baroness, Cobra Commander, and Destro in disguises. Uh, of note, Cobra Commander is wearing drag. It's very funny. Yeah, I I kind of want that set. <laughs> Wait, is this for me? Why did you put it in there? Oh, I thought that that was a. Why did you take her head off? Because I wanted it to be decapitated. Okay, so you wanted your doll to be decapitated. Are you gonna put a head back on there, or is she just gonna be headless? Okay. What was this? A Barbie? Hold on a second, guys. I have to decapitate a Barbie. This is very important work here. <laughs> Dad's job is never God's work. God's work. Never done. Sorry, Barbie. Nobody liked your head, anyways. Ah. Okay. Do I have my tweezers in here? I'll pull out that little nub if it's bugging you. Okay, hold on a second, guys. Oh, already? Got to make sure that our spinal cord is properly removed. <laughs> Don't want to coming back from the dead. Okay. This is going to need some extra work, sweetie. Can I do this after the podcast? I've got to get, yes. get the Dremel out to pour this out or boil it. Or needle nose pliers, I don't know. Come on. Get 
out Barbie's brain. Okay, I'll do it later. There you go. Enjoy. Tell me about our adventures later. Love you. <laughs> now, this is my daughter's weird segment of the week. She brought in the decapitated Barbie. There was like a safety peg holding the head on that was sticking out that looked like a drywall screw. Yep. So I, I clipped it off for her. Uh, yeah, Super 7 Cobra escape set. Cobra Commander in drag, dressed, Destro dressed up as a construction worker and Baroness and something. And last but not least, they're making a giant Titan-class nemesis. This is more Josh's bag to describe, but giant mm. Transformer ship to go with the Ark. It looks pretty cool. Very cool. Um, Professor! Well, I was going to say real, real quick, but I, I don't know if you mentioned this before and I missed it. But the um, McFarlane, uh, have you looked at the the seven inch uh, Batwing? Yeah. Oh, so these are hitting stores. The seven inch scale Batmobile is already out. People are finding it and saying it's awesome. There's also a McFarlane store exclusive Batwing. The thing is huge. Yeah. I was uh, looking at McFarlane holding it and I'm like, Jesus Christ, that thing is massive. For the Flash movie, I'm excited, but like. I know Todd McFarlane and his quality control. Yeah. And I'm a little worried. Um, the other DC McFarlane figure that has me intrigued, I doubt I'll buy it, but, you know, if I see it on clearance, I might, is the Cyborg Superman. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's nice. That thing looks awesome. Um, I've seen the Nolan Batman figures. Those aren't bad either. But it's just sort of like I have them in hand. I had joker and scarecrow Mm -hmm. the other day at gamestop and i was like i don't need these yeah they're cool but it's like ah i still stand by what i said before i wish mcfarland would stop it with the seven inch scale go back to the five inch scale and you know actually put some paint on its figures yeah these have paint work counts yeah uh my more my main concern though is opening it up and having a break yeah, I mean, uh, luckily I haven't really had any breakage issues with the the new McFarland stuff, but uh, I'm sure it's coming. Um, and I've got the Mattel ones are good enough for now. And again, if I had more money, more time, more space, probably would get them. But right. uh, yeah, it is what it is. I'm too busy buying elf figures and garden spell kids right now. <laughs> uh, time for our last segment where I asked Strauss Strasberg the tough probing questions about hot mayonnaise. and i am here for it professor longbox i want to know the answer to these two questions because you are professor know-it-all you have answers to everything successful adult are you ready Oof, i think so professor there's a goddamn haunted skeleton living inside my body and my doctor won't do a bonectomy what should i do well, that's easy. See, what you do is you cut off your left index finger, but you just flay it, right? You peel the skin off, you peel the muscle off, so you get that bone. Then you get to take your right hand and you get a real good grip on that, and then you just yank that bitch, and the rest of it will come. That's a secret, right? They try and teach you that those bones aren't connected together, but that's bullshit. There's like articulation pins and shit in there, and you just you flay that one finger and pull the rest of that pesky skeleton right the fuck out of there. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, um, is, isn't that what Timmy did? 
Timmy would love your skeleton if you don't want it. He'll take haunted skeletons, any skeletons. Yeah, nobody's ever really put a bone inside of him. Um, <laughs> well, that we know of. I, I say he's got to make a living somehow. <laughs> Wait, um, are, you, are you saying that Timmy is a time traveler? Are you saying that you are secretly Timmy come back in time to torture well, us all? What I'm saying is Maybe. that Josh Hibbard. The reason he isn't on the podcast right now is he's currently regenerating into his 14th form as a Time Lord. <laughs> and if anybody's seen pictures of Josh Shepard, he doesn't age. Yeah, it's uh, kind of freaky. So he's currently going through that phase where he lays in the ground and glows funny. And he'll wake <laughs> up a new, different, skinny British actor. <laughs> who will be the same character, but not the same character. But he'll still have the same companion and robot dog. Exactly. That's why, why Josh isn't on the show currently. He's regenerating. He turned 40. Time for a new form. Time Lords are fucking crazy, I tell you. Uh, that joke was sort of fun. Last joke. Last question. When is the best time to introduce my family to my new girlfriend? Her name is Yumiko, and she's a 900-year-old demon trapped in a teenage girl's body. She is also a pillow. Thanks in advance, Professor. So the correct answer to this question is never, because everybody will be so jealous of how cool and suave and amazing you are, and you'll never see any peace because the people will just be trying to suck your dick constantly. So you got to keep that a secret. That's right. <laughs> if you want to fight the ladies off, let them know you've got a girlfriend. That's a pillow. That is secretly a 9,000-year-old demon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I feel like this is the Pillow Guy's origin story. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. It might have been his waifu. He just decided to sell tinier versions of them. She was a ghost. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I try to respect everybody's fandom. Because mm -hmm. I, I feel like I could be judged in the same light very easily. But if you have a Pillow girlfriend. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? If you're that desperate to meet somebody and you can't, lower your standards. Or something. I don't know what kind of horrible advice would answer your problem, but pillow girlfriend is not the answer. I, I know this is going to make me sound like a complete asshole, but I'm going to stand by it. As far as, like, the anime and furry community is concerned, there's a lot of shit that happens over there that freaks me the hell out. If, if you refer to your significant other as senpai, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you should meet my in-laws <laughs> i was gonna say uh that, that shit freaks me out you know every time someone asks me to draw for uh, their fursana in a pornographic manner at a convention i get freaked out like no i don't i don't do that sorry oh god i'll, I'll i have a story off the air <laughs> yeah um to wrap things up um, we were going to have a discussion about turning an R-rated movie from the 80s into a toy line that I'm going to save for our next episode. I might put a poll up. Uh, as the 80s like to do, like RoboCop, Predator, Alien, Alien, Police Academy, like they took a movie that wasn't really for kids. Kids liked it, and then they made it into a toy line. We wanted to keep that gag going with like Porky's. Mm -hmm. Or like, <laughs> take your pick of a movie that's not for kids. It's very tone deaf. I suggested Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, 
a movie kids would love. Kid, I loved it as a kid, and I would buy the hell out of like a Beetlejuice style toy line. Right. Um. <laughs> but anyways, the other topic that uh, will be coming very soon is I've been compiling a list of funny punny names that they would you would give an action figure in the 80s and i'm just going to throw the name out there we're just going to brainstorm the action figure out of thin air so for example i would say fish fist and we would just go with it nice but they're much worse than that we talked about hot tuna already hot mayonnaise (laughs) that's right hot mayonnaise and hot tuna um quick discussion and then we'll wrap it up do you guys, what do you feel like, this has come up on the show before, but of all the fandoms that we're a part of, I'm bringing this up because people have lost their shit that Jack Black and Lizzo had a cameo on The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. I heard and this is another thing for the Star Wars fans to, like, set their collections on fire and jump into the ocean. The world is ending because Jack Black was on The Mandalorian. Or Lizzo. It's probably more Lizzo than it is Jack Black because... It's a black woman playing in their sandbox, and they just can't take it. Yeah. Um, well, they were bitching when Bill Burr was on too. Like, it's like yeah, they, they don't want to recognize people from real life because it's it screws up their fantasy world. But like, come on, like it's ridiculous. Like all the way back to the original Star Wars, like they had to cast at least some people that were recognizable, or nobody would fucking care. Right. Yeah, I'm like, you're okay with Billy D. Williams? Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the first Star Wars had Peter Cushing in it, and it's like, yeah. he was super well-known. <laughs> so, How about, like, as a fan, why don't you realize that if you just hold your breath and step back for, like, a few weeks, you're going to love it. And then you're going to say you never had a problem with it to begin with. Mm-hmm. So just stop. You mean, like, Baby Yoda? Like, Grogu? Like, everybody complained. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a stupid little baby version of Yoda. That's lame. And then it became a super popular character. At first, it was, like, Probably like the average man in the street Star Wars fan, and of course the hardcore fans would be like, "It's not supposed to be cute. That's stupid." But they eventually came around, and now it's just a universally loved character. And part of that is because it comes from a genuinely good show, because it has right. nothing to do with the character or the actor or the special effects or anything. It has everything to do with the story that you're telling, right? And it's like, what's his name? The, the Jar Jar Binks guy, which is named Ahmed Best. Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, who, like, you know, he recently also got to come back and do a cameo as a different character. And it was badass because the problem was never him. It was the story that they put him in. Yeah. And even then, people came around on Jar Jar. They did, yeah. So time, time told out on that one. But mostly it was because the generation that it was for grew up with it, just like the Ewoks. People bitch and complain about the Ewoks because they're stupid teddy bears. And I'm like, yeah, but I was like three when that movie came out. It was right for me. I fucking love the yeah. Ewoks. Return of the Jedi shit. is still my favorite Star Wars movie. I still want a I horror movie. I didn't say movie. it was the best one, but it's my favorite one. It is. It is. Mine too. I want a horror movie told from the Stormtroopers' perspectives. Yeah. Door. I want like <laughs> Platoon, like the war movie, but they're being hunted down and murdered by teddy bears. I have drawn so many Ewok pictures of them like yelling about how they eat people or just showing them like eating people because they they the whole point of them is they were eating people. Yeah, (laughs) that would make just that's terrifying. You know, like those men life men's life magazines. And it's always like a guy fighting an animal, like being attacked by turtles. And he's beating the crap out of like 50 turtles. Imagine trooper life of some like muscular guy in the ocean punching teddy bears that are eating his flesh or like a bimbo woman getting like mauled uh it 
it just writes itself. Yeah, see, I, I would write that like a dark survival horror where the uh, the troops, you know, they bed down for the night or the, around their campfire. But like, you know, it's a fucking like forest moon, so it's dark as shit. And then they slowly just start getting picked off one by one, and all you hear is ah, as one of them disappears. And then you see, you hear you hear like rustling in the trees, and every once in a while the glint of like bloody fangs <laughs> off in the distance. <laughs> Like it's like the one last guy is like sitting around the fire holding his his gun out looking around and then you just hear from right behind him yup yup. <laughs> <laughs> there's your mini raised by rentals uh, special episode uh, embedded in this episode. <laughs> Terror on indoors moon. <laughs> I kind of uh, like this. I kind of like this idea. I want that out. a yeah. starship flying into Endor with fortunate sun playing. <laughs> yes yes oh god i have fond memories of platoon that's the, one of the first movies i or i ever saw in the theater with my dad when oh, I was man. Like seven platoon is such a good movie i I love telling this story but my dad uh not platoon because he, he was a nom vet and he wouldn't go to movies because he would have flashbacks and freak out mm. uh but we went to go see predator and my mom was like, no, you're not taking him to Predator? Nope. So he opened the paper up, and Benji the Hunted was playing. So he was like, we're going to go see Benji. Oh. And then we just went and saw Predator instead. <laughs> and then I got him in trouble because we came home, and I was like, oh, man, Jesse Ventura got a hole blown in his chest, and oh, green blood and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And my mom was like, in Benji? <laughs> it was funny. Uh the whole point of this discussion is that, like, of all the major fandoms that we have, comic books, Star Wars, Star Trek, video games, anime, Disney, and horror, I would argue that the most inclusive and accepting is horror. Yeah. Which oh, you guys yeah. agree? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, I think so. I think there are still a lot of gatekeepers in, like, in any fandom, and you definitely have those horror guys, you know. Yeah, they love to start sentences with, "Well, you're not a real horror fan if." <laughs> yeah, if you uh, haven't, or or they're the ones that are like, oh, "You like the remake? Oh my god!" Like you know those types of of horror fans. I, I think horror fans are more accepting because they're berated with a never-ending barrage of garbage. Mm-hmm. That they're so happy to have anybody who wants to like be a part of it. That we put up with mm-hmm. everything and anything. That like if you're a horror fan. You're in, yeah. right? Like they're, we don't care if you're a woman, what country you're from, mm-hmm. what you look like. Oh, you like Freddy Krueger? High five! You're part of the club. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's kind of how it is at, at Thursday Night Terrors. It's just a collection of really strange, different people from all walks of life. I mean, you have we have like literally, there's pro wrestlers that come to that. There's bodybuilders. There's people like myself who are just you know fat, chubby slubs. You know, we have all sorts of people at that, and everyone gets a huge kick out of these crazy-ass horror movies that we watch. Yeah, and, like, we may piss and moan that we don't like something. Pick a remake of your favorite horror movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh, what's your favorite horror movie? Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. If they were going to remake Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. Fuck you. (laughs) You know what I mean? And they... Through ingredients that, like, you cannot accept. Mm-hmm. Like, it's uh, a found footage blogger version 
shot on phones. Oh, fuck that. And it's told know. interpretive mm-hmm. dance. I don't know. I'm kind of, okay. You lost me with the interpretive dance, but I was kind of into the into the found footage version because that'd be pretty <laughs> awesome, actually. But, um, well, hey, honestly, the actual remake that we got for Friday the Thirteenth is not my favorite movie, and I was not looking forward to it. I didn't want them to make it. I was I was pissed off. Like, why are you screwing with it? But they made a pretty good movie, and I've come around on it. I think it's a good movie now. I like it. It's not my favorite in the series, but yeah. And there's no reason. That it shouldn't exist. And in general, there are other people out there who want to see that movie. Like my commentary on on all of this is it is it was a horror fan. And I'm not like I personally don't count call myself like, a you know, horror is not my not my number one uh, nerd niche. It's not my fandom. Like I like horror movies, but, you know, not at the level that, you know, either you guys do. Like I'm obviously more into, you know, other types of fandoms. But, you know, so I'm I'm kind of on the peripheral. But what's your club? But I'm in the club because it was a horror fan who the first person who ever said this to me and I loved it and I'm going to screw up the the wording. But he basically said, if you've seen 100 horror movies, awesome, you're in the club. If you've seen 10 horror movies, awesome, you're in the club. If you've seen one horror movie, isn't it great? Come on in. You're in the club. There's so many more to see. And if you've Mm -hmm. seen zero horror movies, but you're interested and maybe you like you know, Halloween, like the holiday, and, you know, maybe you like the goth clothes, or maybe you're just a little, like, you know, horror curious, guess what? You're in the club. Come on in, because we are so excited to show you all the cool stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, I paraphrased all of that, but I have never heard that from any other fandom that I've ever, you know, been a part of, and as a comic book fan, it is, you know, very gatekeepy, you know, very exclusive, yeah. and I'm constantly arguing with people about how you know comics aren't what you think they are they're for everybody but at the same time like here i am a 43 year old like grown-ass man and i have like very few female friends who read comics and that really bums me out because i know that there's tons of them out there but i also know that there's been like decades and decades of people putting their fucking hands up trying to keep them out and it pisses me off that like Mm -hmm. i want i want to share this with like more of my friends who don't get it but I think a lot of that is because they've never had a chance to check it out. Yeah. Anyway. No, uh, real quick. I also wanted to mention when you were talking about the Friday the 13th remake, I still to this day find it extremely fascinating that the way they open the movie is scene for scene. What you pitched all those years ago in Rochester when we went to go see the Dawn of the Dead remake mm-hmm. and we ended up hanging out back at my house or my apartment. And I had all those the horror movie posters on the wall. And we were like, well, what do you think they're going to remake next? And we were kind of talking about all the upcoming remakes. And we got to how they would remake Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th. And immediately you were like, no, no, no. Okay, so Friday the 13th, we got to just completely forget the whole Jason's mom thing. Like, we can't do a whole movie about that. So we open it up with, like, newspaper articles or, like, news clippings of, like, murders at Camp Crystal Lake. And we find out about, you know, Mrs. Voorhees and about how her son you know, supposedly died. So it was a revenge kick and blah, blah, blah. But we find out he wasn't actually dead. And, you know, and he grows up in the forest and he ends up, you know, coming back and killing all the campers. And then I go to see the movie in 2009 and I'm like, holy shit, was someone listening to us? Like, because <laughs> it was like scene for scene what you pitched. <laughs> it was like, it blew my mind. Just wait <laughs> until awesome. Thanksgiving comes out. I know, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. We but know uh, Eli, Eli Roth listens to Raised by Rentals when we see that shit. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Um, the- the point I wanted to make was that even if we piss them on, we don't want to see something like they're remaking Friday 13th part six. No, no, don't do it. No, I'm no, that's it. I'm done. 
horror fans will eat their vegetables. Yeah. They will still go and be like, God damn it, can't believe and then you have to know because you're a <laughs> horror fan, there's that chance that you're gonna love it. Yep. And yep. horror yeah, fans yeah. will see it every single time. And I think that kind of carries over into like being inclusive to anybody and anybody. Like, does the Pope wanna want in? Okay. <laughs> let's let's show him some crazy religious horror. Like or yeah. like here's killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> High five. <laughs> Wet mayonnaise. <laughs> Hot, <laughs> mayonnaise. <laughs> Hot mayonnaise. <laughs> Wet mayonnaise. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, <laughs> it just got gross. Just pretend <laughs> you didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, that, I, okay. I, I'm gonna make one more comment, and then yeah, we we I know you keep saying we gotta wrap it up, but we probably should. But like I, I, you mentioned something too about how like horror fans like you know eat their vegetables, and man, I wish the comic book fans in general would fucking do that because I, I know comics are like a big is that like horror is a genre comics are like a medium so there's more of it but like you know comic fans in general tend to be their own fandom and there's like you know sub fandoms but man it annoys the piss out of me when people won't go outside their comfort zone to like check something out because like you never know what you're gonna like you never know what's gonna be cool you know i like to read all across every genre imaginable like i have literal like children's comics that are made for like toddlers on my shelf because those books are like really cool dragon puncher is a kick-ass story you know <laughs> and like i i like to read everything that i possibly can like that i have to be tell my kids to be careful because like the age appropriate range from like literally one spine to the next is like be careful you never know what you're gonna get but like I found, I have found so many amazing things that I've become a huge fan of that weren't made for me, right? They were made for like little kids. They were made for uh, like marginalized audiences, or they were made for like you know old school fanboys. But like you gotta just try stuff out. Every once in a while, I'll buy a random comic. Like, do I like Thor? Like, no, I've never gave a shit about Thor as a comic book character. But like every once in a while, I'll pick up. A Thor comic and I'll just see like what's going on and I have been you know pleasantly surprised over the years by just keeping you know my uh keeping my mind open to the fact that like there's always going to be new stories and you gotta like try stuff out don't you know don't just shun something because you're like well I'm a fan of this and not that absolutely now I I feel like that the fandom that I'm a part of that uh is the most I guess gatekeepy is video games um I have met so many people that have the mentality of like, oh, well, women don't play video games. And it's like, that's horseshit. Because <laughs> like my entire life, like, again, I've had a lot more women friends than than men friends like growing up. And I always played video games like me and Sam. Like I said, we used to play Tekken. We used to play Mortal Kombat all the time. Um, you know, my sister used to always play video games with me and my brother, my cousin, same thing. And now like weekly i play seven days to die with my friend danielle and i've been doing so for like two years now so and then when i was playing world of warcraft holy crap i had a bunch of ladies in my guild that were badass players but there's so many people out there like no ladies don't play video games like you're fucking stupid (laughs) like i i can't stand that mentality yep you know what if you don't like it just stop for a second if you pull that thing out that you don't like you're Mm -hmm. gonna kill the thing you love you don't like baby yoda Kiss Star Wars goodbye, because I guarantee you that little fucking puppet has mm. pumped more money in life into your the thing that you love so you can still enjoy it. So you can at least respect that new fans that you don't like 
have brought new life into the thing that you love. You don't like you know, girls playing video games? Then you're going to have to go back to the days of computer games on the Amiga. <laughs> and because, even then, there was definitely ladies playing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the more people who enjoy something, the bigger and better and more fun it can get. Well, don't be a dickhead. Don't threaten people <laughs> because you don't like something. You don't get to control it. You get to enjoy it. You, you know what it reminds me of are the motherfuckers and, and Strasburg. I know you'll remember this, but the motherfuckers who, who were always like, oh, I liked that band before they were popular. I don't like them Ugh. anymore. Like, Ugh. that's the energy that that shit has. Like, I remember when the Sheila Divine uh, started becoming yeah. pretty, pretty big in Buffalo. And like when I was working at Media Play, it was uh, Duro who ordered the album because he he heard it, thought it was awesome and ordered it for the store. And then told all of us in the music department about it. And we all ended up buying it and freaking loving it. And we just kept recommending it to people like, it's really good. You should check it out. And I had so many people like after they became big, they were like, oh, I don't like them anymore. And it's like, why don't you want them to succeed and make more music? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't get it. Except Haters. can we all agree that old Weezer is better than new Weezer? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, I still, but I still like Weezer. It's OK. Yeah. You can, you know. Sometimes a band gets money and success, and then they start to rap, and it just gets weird. Well, it's it's like old Rob Zombie versus new Rob Zombie. Like, old Rob Zombie, you know, he had kind of a shtick where it was like, you know, lots of horror movies and go-go dancers and whatnot. And now he's kind of doing this weird, like, I'm a crazy devil hobo. (laughs) It's just like, eh, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't work anymore. Yeah, Sherry Moon kind of tamed him. Yeah, I still like him though. Yeah, Although she and, she was there since the White Zombie days, so you know. Yeah. Well, but but you know what? All of his old stuff is still there because like that's the other lesson is that like just exactly. because something goes off the rails or you don't like it now or it got worse or it jumped the shark or whatever, it doesn't. Your child is not ruined. Like all this shit mm-hmm. is still there. You just go back and you know just do what I do, man. Go back and old read old fucking nineties comics. You know. Yep. And enjoy yourself and shut up about it. Uh, you know and. <laughs> I do think it's funny, though, that the trend recently, especially with the 30th anniversary of Image and, you know, all of the sort of like retro love in general uh, right now going on for like the 90s, you know, because it's been more than 20 years. So, of course, that cyclical fashion is coming back. Right. But I think it's funny where how the death of Superman breaking Batman's back in the Nightfall storyline, you know, this the, the Azrael character. Um, the uh, Marvel DC crossovers and all this, like, you know, even the clone saga with Spider-Man, all this corny shit that people hated in the nineties. It was like the, the lamest, stupidest comics. And like the, the non-comic fans were lining up to buy them because they thought they were going to be big investments, you know, but what's funny is all that shit is like popular again, because people are going back and like looking at the stuff from the nineties and rediscovering it. And it's funny how there's like a whole new life being pumped into like the fucking death of Superman. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so weird. But well, I mean the whole, the into the spider verse, like that, that's all because of like the cloning shit that they started in the nineties. Like, it's like, what if there was more than one Spider-Man? Like, that's kind of where that all started. And it's fucking rad. Like, look at how many cool stories we've gotten out of that. And I mean, look how many cool characters we've gotten out of that. Like, I freaking love Miles Morales. So it's like, you know, with without the idea of having multiple Spider-Men, like, we wouldn't have him. Definitely. What about Spider-Boy? Spider-Boy? I don't remember Spider-Boy. Was it the... like an April Fool's joke or something, but there's a new character... Spider-Man's oh. new sidekick called Spider-Boy. 
Oh, uh, shit, was, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, yeah, it, it was probably an April Fool's. There, there was a, but um, again, back to the 90s when Marvel and DC were both doing really, really badly business-wise in the late 90s, they did a, a huge crossover called the Amalgam Universe where they like, oh, baby, I love mashed it. Remember they mashed up their characters together. Yep. Like you had Batman and Wolverine were dark. Claw, oh yeah, right? I remember that. Superman and Captain America were called Super Soldier. Well, yeah, they had Spider Boy because it was a mashup of the then teenage Superboy and Spider Man. Nice. I did not know that. Yeah, this is just a, a new thing that came out around April first. I don't know the exact date. So, hmm. uh, time for our super fan shout out. This week's Supervan shout-out goes to the one, the only, Mike Alvarez's mom. (laughs) I mentioned out loud a few weeks ago that I love He-Man so much because I always wanted to wear a furry loincloth. Guess who showed up on my doorstep, hand-knitted by Mike's mom that I'm wearing right now. I told you she makes good work. My own furry loincloth. (laughs) Did you guys know that when Mike was a kid, he couldn't afford a Sega Genesis? So his mom took a TV, kicked the screen out, and hand puppeted <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog for Mike. It was great. Yep. I I don't know how she did the whole like supersonic thing. Like that was amazing. Yeah. Wait. She wait. Moves wait. Her wait. hands around really fast, and it's the same thing. Was she the lady I heard about who crocheted you a Nintendo? Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> and I it was wondering how that worked. Yeah. I always wondered how that worked. She made it had the, the only Nintendo you don't have to blow into. It had the guts of a toaster. Yep. <laughs> Which is funny because there actually is the Nintendo toaster. Or the Nintendo toaster. <laughs> the toaster? Yeah. Wait, you, could, you can knit a cozy for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, actually, uh, uh, James was a James Rolfe, uh, video game nerd. He has mm-hmm. uh, the, the Nintoaster, yeah, which is, right. is a, uh, a hybrid system built out of a toaster that can play Nintendo games, Super Famicom games, and uh, Super Nintendo games. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you guys know that if you want more than 30 lives in Contra, Mike's mom <laughs> will gently talk to, was it like Snake and Rock or whatever, the two dudes in Cobra? <laughs> right. And convince them to keep fighting for you. Yeah. Like, now, Just boy. Like, listen, I know you're dead. Come back and keep <laughs> playing so my booby can keep playing Contra. <laughs> my my little baby boy he wants to keep playing <laughs> what every mom has a nickname mom, for kid. i wonder what mike's nickname was from his mother <laughs> i can tell you is it and, like and, fuzzy lumpkin no it was it was bubba, uh, bubba. Which, okay which is te- like after seeing texas chainsaw massacre i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> She knew. She I knew. was like, maybe that's why she never wanted me to watch Texas Chainsaw. She's like, he's going to get ideas. I've been calling him Bubba since he was a little kid. I can totally picture you taking a part of bologna sandwich and wearing it on your face. <laughs> Running around clapping pans together. Oh, I'm <laughs> With your little crochet chainsaw. <laughs> that actually works. Yep. Uh, are you guys ready for Hall of Fame and we'll skedaddle? Indeed. Woohoo, let's do it. Uh, Commander Cortex won. I totally thought Lips Manless was going to win yeah. um, from Dick Tracy. I voted for Dick Tracy's Lip Manless, but it did not sway the vote. Uh, Commander Cortex, so com- congratulations. Uh, you're our first, the worst character to go into the Hall of Fame. Now, 
per the rules, Josh, your guest, you get to go first. Okay, okay. So I had a toy. I had a like a set picked out from the last time that I guessed it on the show. Sure. Uh, way back, whenever that was, and it's a Lego set. But without Josh here as like the number one Lego lover, I uh, I want to hold on to that when I have a chance to come back on, hopefully someday. Okay. With Josh, because I think he would appreciate it. So then I had a backup, and I don't know that it's been in contention before i tried to do a search on the facebook group because i don't think i've ever seen it so if if it won or it's been been done let me know and i'll do my lego backup sure. instead but i'm gonna go with the uh the 1985 transformers g1 Jetfire. nope oh that's a good one one of my favorite oh, toys and one of the one of the few toys that i held on to into like my teenage years when all of my other toys had either been given away, donated, destroyed, lost, buried in the backyard. And, uh, but somehow I managed to hold on to Jetfire and most of his accessories. I don't know what ultimately happened to it, but I probably hid it from a girl and never found it. <laughs> this is definitely a discussion for some other platform even, but when is the right time? Cause all three of us have been through that, like hide it from the girls phase in their life. Mm-hmm. Where like hormones make you stupid, and you're like, I'll do whatever it takes to touch a boob, <laughs> and if I have to hide my fandom, I'll do it. <laughs> there are photographs of me uh, in my childhood bedroom, but as a teenager, where if you look at the walls, it's just like messed up white paint with like uh, old uh, poster ta- uh, what's it called poster putty stuff and like pieces mm-hmm. of tape. The walls look like shit. Because one day I was embarrassed that there was somebody coming over and I looked at all the posters on my wall. and was just like, nope, nope, nope. Tear them all down. Tear them all down. Take them down. Quick, quick, quick. She'll be here soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we can have that discussion. Three men who will never have to worry about this ever again. When is the right time to bring up your nerdiness in <laughs> the courting ritual? Because <laughs> um, that was always a point where things went south for me. Um uh, Mike, would you like me to go so you have a chance to beat me, or do you have it picked and it's not going to change? Uh, no, I already have one picked. So uh, I, I, this was actually something that I that I picked before we uh, even did the show today. Just because, again, it's it's uh, you know alien month. I figured oh. I'm going to go with uh, the flying alien queen. Mother. From, oh. <laughs> from the Kenner line. Even I know that one. <laughs> well, and the reason that I, that I picked this is it was one of my favorite alien toys. Uh, main, well, for for two reasons. One, I mean, the thing is, just looks badass, even though it's got the stupid little piano playing arms. Um, yeah. But I love the big clawed feet, you know, like that it could snatch onto other figures. But it was one of the few toys that my dad bought for me. After he was he was always doing the oh you're too old for toys you're too old like when I was like ten he was saying you were too old for toys. Um, and he just happened to see it at Walmart. Like after the falls finally got a Walmart, he went there with my mom and they're walking around and he saw the, the flying alien queen. And he thought like, Oh, this is cool. Mike would like this. So I was actually, it was funny. I was, I was sleeping over my friend's house the, the night before. So like they picked me up on the way on their way home. And like, he didn't show me right away. Like he went upstairs and like hid it in my bedroom. So like when I went upstairs, and like started unpacking my bag and all that, I found this in package alien queen just like lying between my pillows on my bed. And I freaked the hell out. <laughs> I was like, the toy fairy came. <laughs> the alien queen, a toy so cool that your dad would buy it for you. 
Exactly. It's one of those things like even if you're like the staunchest, toughest of tough guys, you see that and you're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yep. All right. So we have two heavy hitters. I'm going to throw in a third one just to see what happens. I had picked this earlier and I'm not going to change it. I pick Egon Spengler from the oh, real Ghostbusters toy line. The best of the Ghostbuster toys. Nice. The nice. hero of the real Ghostbusters cartoon, if you're not counting Slimer, in my opinion, is Egon. Hell yeah. Um, and playing with those again, um, I was never a big, big fan of those, but I kind of like them more now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like them. I didn't realize this as a kid. Um, my mom super glued the backpacks into their backs so we wouldn't lose them. Oh. And it <laughs> drove me nuts that I couldn't have just regular everyday Ghostbusters because you can put the little the proton pack wand on the backpack. But you can't take the energy beam off. So it just drove me crazy. They'd walk around with like the little fiddly thing. The beam would be pointing straight up. I always wanted to take it off. But my mom super glued it on. I couldn't get it off. Uh, Having this new one, I'm like, oh, this is a great toy. (laughs) Um, I always liked Egon's ghost because, you know, it could sit on his head and make it look like it ate him. Yes. Also very cool. Love those ghosts. Um, All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Mr. Josh Strasberg, for filling in as Josh regenerates into David Tennant or whoever the hell he's turning into. Um, British Mick stuck up McGee. <laughs> we'll find out when Josh comes back um, who he is now. I'm Hopefully a fan of Matt Smith, personally. Yeah. I hope it's Matt I, Smith. Yeah. Uh, I'm an Eighth Doctor fan, but uh, I'll take Matt Smith. He's grown on me a lot. He's, he's going to come back as Chris Eccleston, but he's going to keep talking about existence. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Small E, big X. <laughs> Eccleston, what a wild card. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. This is Mike saying play with your toys. Don't forget to play with hot mayonnaise while you're at it. And don't forget the hot tuna. Hot mayonnaise. Hot tuna. Wet mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. creepy.com on the world wide web must i say it again did you not listen count creepy c o u n t k r e e p y ah